This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, I got a special interview for you today. It's actually with two people. So that is Shane Bernard and Shane Everett, but they are better known as Shane and Shane. They are the Texas-based contemporary worship music duo, and they've been huge in the contemporary Christian music scene for about 20 years now, well over 20 years now, actually. It was early 2000s when they got started. And you guys have heard me talk about them, about these guys on this podcast quite a bit, because as I've told you before, and as we I talked about in detail in episode 176 of this podcast, I'm not big on Christian worship music, contemporary Christian music as as a genre just doesn't hit my ear holes in a way that is pleasant to me. Like I don't enjoy it, but there are pockets of that. And I've talked about the altar music out, out of Tennessee, but I mainly talk about Shane and Shane and I talk about why their music is that way for me uh, because yes, they sing some of the songs that are maybe more so on the effeminate side or in, they've done a lot of covers of really popular Christian music and all that. And it's like, Hey Kyle, I didn't think you liked that stuff. But the thing about them is they are very, very serious about something. And I read this during the interview, but I want to read it from their website. This is, why they create the music that they create. Okay, so here we go. Here's from their website. Their desire has always been to glorify the Lord instead of themselves, and they do so by writing music that is biblically based, lyrically rich, and sonically engaging. And so, I mean, just being able to do those things, most of the stuff you listen to on K-Love or Air One or any of those playlists that you get on Spotify or whatever, are they biblically based, lyrically rich, and sonically engaging? I mean, I defy you to make an entire playlist of 10 songs that's, you know, in the top 40 on uh, Christian radio right now that do all three of those things. Well, for my money, I think Shane and Shane does that to a tremendous degree. So just right from the jump here, guys, go ahead and make fun of me because I was geeking out. I was having a good time. I was geeking out off air because I've actually tried to get this uh, booked for a few years. And, you know, shout out to one of our listeners because he actually knew a way, uh, he knew someone that kind of knew their booking person and all that type of thing. And so it took way too long to get a, a conversation like this going, but I'm glad we were able to get that going here. But we do talk about what, how they met, how they got into music, kind of, you know, what they try to create their, their process. Cause they, they've released a lot of you know, original music, but then they've also released a ton of covers of worship songs and how that ties into something they do called the worship initiative, which is basically trying to equip worship leaders and worship bands all over the planet to be able to learn how to play songs that glorify the Lord and to learn them in a way that is actually conducive to them being able to do that and, and have that be a goal and to achieve that goal. But we go through all that information we talk about some of my favorite songs of theirs. I asked them, you know, like, hey, if you had to delete all your albums except one, which one would it be? And they each had different ones. And if you could only leave one song for humanity, which would you do? And then I told them what my favorite was. And if you guys have been listening to the show for any length of time, you know exactly what that's going to be. But about halfway through, we start talking about something that I talked about on episode 176 of this podcast. Again, that episode is called Contemporary Worship Music is for Women and Effeminate Men. Some people kind of chuckle at that, but most of the guys in my audience, they just kind of shake their head and go, well, yeah, yeah, right? Doesn't everybody know that? So we talk about that a little bit because these guys are in that scene. They're playing in front of some of those crowds. But, you know, we talk about kind of my history with music and how I'm more drawn to Christian metal. We talk about, you know, different styles and, you know, basically doing what it takes to have that music point you towards the Father. We talk about the emotional manipulation of a lot of uh, music that is played and a lot of bands that play in this genre. And I really like their answers about that because these guys aren't, aren't big on that. And you would say, well, they play songs that are kind of doing that. 
but they are really trying to talk about the t- capital P presence of the Lord. There are people that are doing that with ill intent because they're trying to bring glory to themselves or their ministry, but that's not what Shane and Shane does. But then we also talked about a lot of Christian bands, if you will, they are filled up with people that aren't actually Christians that these people don't have their faith in Christ for the payment for their sins, right? They, they don't have that. They're just session musicians. They're just really good at playing bass or guitar or drums or keys or something like that. So we get into all that information. We get into, you know, how long are they going to keep doing what they're doing now? And at the very, very end, so if you stayed towards the end of this very, very long intro, they dropped some news on us. And I got to tell you, I follow them on social media and all that. They had not mentioned this before. But they dropped something right after the very end where I say, basically, thank you for coming on on Daunted Life of Man's podcast. And then they, boom, dropped a bomb on us. So if you don't want to stick around to the end, that's going to be your problem is you're not going to know that information that they broke here on this show. So I think I've set it up uh, you know, long enough. So guys, without further ado, let's get into it. Shane Bernard and Shane Everett, welcome to Undaunted Life of Man's podcast. Hey. Come on, here we are. On. It's been a now, while. We've been, we've been trying to find you for years. You've been trying to find we're me? Like, well, that we're is like, so funny. We're like, can we get on the on this podcast with Kyle? Because Here's the deal. That's like a Disney movie, right? Because you've been looking for me, I've been looking for you, and then we meet in some magical forest, and all of a sudden That's we right. all fall in love. That's great. Now, did, did I introduce y'all in the proper order? Because I just went basically based on, you know, alphabetical last name. But, I mean, does anyone ever call you by your last names anymore, or do they just, like, call you as this combo first name thing? Yeah, we just we're just uh, we just respond plurally. Yeah. Uh, you know, when everybody says, anybody says Shane... We're just yeah. right there for him, you know, and we can kind of, we, we do like one word answers where I'll say a word and he'll say a word. Yeah. Like that. Our pronouns are we, us. Sorry. We, us. Hey, <laughs> that, that works. Hey, that's oh, ridiculous. I'm good to get there from the very beginning. Hey, on my high school baseball team, there were four Kyles. Okay. So when uh-huh. Kyle messed up, when, when Kyle did something good, like it was either really, really bad for the Kyles or really, really awesome for the Kyles. But we're going to get into a lot of stuff today because, you know, I've talked about you guys on our show a lot. I've, I've called you guys the goats of worship music. I may even call Ooh. this episode that. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that fancy? Mm. Don't y'all feel special? I don't have mm. a plaque or a trophy, but I can work on it. But okay. I guess we should probably start generically for those in my audience who are not familiar with you guys so super generic question to start off the day how did you guys meet and how did you to start uh decide to start making music well we haven't decided yet yeah we're, <laughs> we're still thinking about it uh, shane and i met at texas a&m university we were both business majors um no business doing anything in ministry or music um neither one of us had had um, a much of a musical background or any background in the Lord. When I met Shane, he didn't, wasn't a believer. I did, however, know four chords, G, C, D, and E minor, and 20 worship songs. Um, and that's, that's all I did. You know, I, 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 was, I was a sports kid, and Shane was a sports kid. And, I, you know, when I became a believer out of the blue, I didn't grow up in a Christian home um, in high school. Uh, some buddies of mine got together and, and sang songs to Jesus. And... Um, uh, every Sunday night, and it kind of continued through college. And uh, my roommates asked me to play a concert um, that they were putting on in a field at A and M, and they they put me at the two o'clock position um, in this in this festival. But I didn't have a guitar that plugged in. I'd never sang into a microphone. Never wrote a song. Um, they I think they probably just needed to fill the spot. So uh, 
I went down the street, borrowed a guitar from the guy. A guy named Shane had a guitar that plugged in, and uh, that's how we met. Played this concert. It was it was horrible, but it was the launching point of uh, of this crazy uh, left turn. Um, I mean that nobody, especially me, um, you know, music had never been a passion. Uh, it, it's just it just was the, the Lord saying, "Here's what's going to happen," and um, waking up and trying to give him a yes. So anyway, I dropped out of school a couple months later. Um, had this really horrible CD that sold out of the back of the car, and and uh, Shane got saved um, in a bar. Cool story if you want to hear it. Uh, a couple weeks after I borrowed the guitar, and then he started jumping in my car, and we would go play these coffee shops and and uh, youth groups and college groups and all that, you know. Um, and we were off to the races, and that's what we still do. Well, so the interesting thing about that is you knew four chords, and I've heard that in order to sell number one records in country music, it's just three chords and the truth. So you were already out doing country music, right? Because yeah, you had an sure. additional chord yeah, and, right. and all of that. I mean, George Strait has written the same song about a thousand times, and he's considered the GOAT uh, by many in that era. But So so eventually y'all came up with the world's most creative title for a band ever, and that's Shane and Shane, just combining the first name. But you got the ampersand yeah. in the middle, so it's a little bit interesting. You can do mm-hmm. some, some things with Nick. that. Send it up. Yeah, absolutely. There was something interesting from your website, though, because even just hearing you describe uh, what you just described, it's it's weird to see this from your website. But from the website, their desire has always been to glorify the Lord instead of themselves, and they do so by writing music that is biblically based, lyrically rich, and sonically engaging. Take me—I uh, mean, for me, guys, just take me through your writing process when it comes to writing original music. We'll get to you know the whole panoply of c- contemporary Christian music in, in how all that goes. But that's one thing that does come through in your music. It is very rich. There's a lot there. It's not as vapid as what you would hear maybe in a lot of Christian radio. But it's to start not even wanting to be in music, just wanting to kind of do the business thing, to making that your goal, biblically based, lyrically rich, and sonically engaging music, You know, take me through that process and how you can make original music today. Yeah, man, that's it's definitely been a process uh, for sure. I mean, back back when we first started, we, uh, we, we you know we didn't have a grid for anything, anything musically, and so it was like, man, I think they used to sing the Bible, wouldn't Psalms, uh, and uh, we did a, you know our first record together it was Shine and uh, Shine. Psalms. Yep. <laughs> and we were just like bumping into life singing the Psalms and um and that started to really inform a lot of our our life. Uh you know, s- just singing the Bible over and over again and and that, that just became that be- became just a sovereign trend of like man um over the years we don't have a ton or a- anything to bring bring to the table other than Jesus and the finished work of the cross and and how that is all unpacked and his worth is unpacked in this book and um and so we've just been some of it's still mysterious man it's it, you know it's like we, I, there's a stairwell here at the studio that i i just i go into this stairwell it's probably the most uninspiring looking place in the building it's just a fire escape you know with pipes and roaches and but it sounds awesome and so I go in there and, uh, you know, take these biblical snippets that, um, you know, over, over the, over the week, I've just been recording on my phone and, 
and um, start singing it. And just, you know, some of that's, uh, there's patterns to that, but a lot of it's just, man, waiting on the Lord and, and however that works where melody hits, you kind of try to wrap melody around glory and that sounds pretty impossible. Um, and, uh, and you just, you know, wait on something until it's like, I kind of like that. I mean, at least I like it. So whatever, you know. Well, I was going to ask you, because you mentioned Psalms. Uh, that was your, your first record that you put out there together. And that was kind of where I discovered you guys in college. And we'll get more into kind of my history with, with contemporary Christian music and all that. But I always knew, not always knew, because I didn't grow up in church either, but the Psalms were meant to be sang. And they were, whether they were of lament or, or glory or any of those types of things. But it was interesting to my ear holes to be like, oh, they're singing scripture and like I will hear people or read scripture and I'm hearing you guys singing it in my head and it's mm. not distracting me, it's helping me. And mm. so I wonder how that's that's different for either of you. So that's when you're writing original music, right? So what is the scripture telling me and how can we add music to it? I don't know anything about music, so uh, I don't really know how that would all work. But how's that differ between that and then covering an existing Christian song? Because there are literally thousands of those, and I think y'all have recorded each of them twice. And so it's yeah. like at this way, like how do you how do you write something that's already been written, but just do it in the Shane and Shane way? Hmm. Well, th- our our purpose behind there was purpose behind that. Um, you're right on all of that, uh, but God had kind of put on our heart and and sort of aligned some stars in our life to create um, a resource online called the Worship Initiative, hmm. and all of those songs really were existed to as a as a carrot to get people to a place called the worship um, where we wrap all of those songs with resources like from scripture um, devotionals and you know everything it takes to play the songs um, musically tutorial videos and vocal tutorial I mean all the things that you would need just as a worship leader to do that so all these songs that you you just hear wherever you stream music and and they're they're just songs that are in the out there in the church being sung we've we've done so that we could get people into a place and walk with them in the Lord uh, as worship pastors yeah, but people don't know that even uh, like uh, generally, like they think we just are the most poli- prolific, you know, cover band in Christian music. You know, it's just like, God, these guys just, they don't think anybody can do it as well as them. So they just record every song that exists, which kind of feels that way. But like Shane said, you know, I mean, even when we go out on the road, uh, people will be like, man, we love the worship initiative. And I'm like, awesome. So you, yeah, you're on the website and they're like, what website? You what? know, and it's like, you know, so we haven't done a good job. We're like the worst self-promoters on the planet. So we're, we're just like, you know, we, we long to see the, the, the mantle of, of leading, the mantle of standing in front of men and women on behalf of God and, and communicating the, the word through song and communicating the heart of God to his kids through song and, uh, we, we, we want those people, you know, whoever they are to be equipped, you know, uh, equipped for the, for the good work that the Lord has called them to do. And so we just wanted to help. And so it was kind of an online discipleship tool where we were just like, man, what you're doing is important. And it's, it's important because you're speaking to God's kids and God loves his kids. And so, man, you want to do that and you want to care for them well. And so that's what the worship initiative exists for, to, to help, help leaders and musicians and and songwriters um to 
not just accurately hold the Word of God up in a way that's, um, uh, I, I would say, um, honoring um, and also um, the invitation that's available um, to people to know Him and to love Him and to, and, uh, to be a part of the family. So that's, that's what we do with the Worship Initiative, and hopefully, hopefully it's helpful. Yeah, when I've got a I've got a link in the show notes to that because uh, well, I would do want to make one quick uh, observation. Use the word honoring. So uh, we have a mutual friend in Joby Martin of Church of Eleven Twenty Two down there in Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. and he he knows how big a fan I am of you guys. And but he didn't even hook this up. What's wrong with that guy? But the thing that I've heard him say before is the band that plays at his church, you know, the house church, the worship band. They he's not going to let them sing words that are not biblical. So you yep. have a lot of these modern songs that are very emotional, very almost romantic, but they don't even resemble anything that that's vaguely like the Godhead that we know from Scripture. And so that's the thing about how you honor God through that. And the funny thing about the Worship Initiative is when y'all started releasing those, that was back way back in the day, guys, when you could pay $9.99 and then you would get that album. You didn't pay $9.99 and then you could stream every album ever made. And so I was with you guys for the first 10 because I thought there was only going to be 10 of these albums. I had no yeah. idea. And then he released number 11. I was like, what is wrong with you guys? You're just stealing yeah. from me now. I don't have money. Like, come on, man. I'm, this is early in my marriage. But then when I found out, wait a minute, y'all are helping break down how to play these songs because it's very, very easy for the person sitting in the pews to point at the worship band and be like, yeah, that basis isn't very good or that drummer's not really my style. It's like, look, these are just kind of weekend warriors. A lot of these people aren't session musicians. They're not being paid to do this. They're trying to glorify God and in the best way possible. And y'all are trying to help them sharpen the sword a little bit. And so I absolutely love that. And so that's, I can kind of give you a little bit of a a pass on the fact that you guys have recorded about 2,485 albums by now. (laughs) Uh, but, But there's a lot out there if you guys want to just hit shuffle on their playlist. But I've been real nice up to this point, guys. And I've kind of tut-tutted you guys, and I told you guys how big a fan I am. But I'm actually really mad at you guys. Do you want to know why? I do. Okay. Yes. So way back in 2006, when I was in college, just minding my own business, you guys decided to release a little EP called the Bluegrass Sampler. Okay? Yes. Now, Mm -hmm. I proceeded (laughs) to wear that EP completely out. I loved it. I still love it. Your bluegrass versions of Power in the Blood and Blessed Assurance were stunningly awesome. That's like still in my probably top 10 of y'all's entire catalog, okay? Wow. And that led me to believe, yeah, hang with yeah. me here. That led me to believe that you guys would eventually release a full album of bluegrass songs, and I am furious to report to my audience that yeah. here I am 17 years later, and I have yet to hear an entire <laughs> Shane and Shane bluegrass album, and I am not pleased with you. So I guess my question is, is why are you guys doing this to me? Can you hook me up? I think the answer is that you and another person named Larry are the only two people listening to that. <laughs> Come and on. so you're, you're going to have to recruit some more folks. Before we, uh, you know, what's funny about that? My family, my, like my family, I mean, we are just absolute rednecks and, and, uh, like my grandfather's brother, my grandfather's brother and all of that, the downline of like all the Everett's, they, they are like, man, you guys, you did it one time, one time you did it right. (laughs) Every other time was a mistake. But it's the bluegrass sampler. 
That's their favorite record. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, because I think in one of the worship initiatives, there's kind of a blue, grassy, country-y song, and I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, and I was like... <gasps> They're, they're toying with me again. They're, they're getting me to think that that's actually going to happen. But if you guys can hook me up with Larry, that would be awesome. I would love that's to have him da- and jam out. That's my dad. You know? Oh. Yep. Go I'll hang Larry. out with Larry Everett. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm good with that. Uh, well, so uh, I can continue to hang on hope. Maybe uh, by the 20-year anniversary of that, y'all can release maybe just another three songs. Maybe not. Maybe just a sampler EP follow-up. I mean, you guys record enough stuff. You could probably just sneak that in to the queue, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. But I do have uh, some questions. So that, you know, I'm mad at you, but I'm, I'm back now. I feel good towards you guys. Okay. But I am going to kind of put y'all on. Yeah, absolutely. I had to. It's just been weighing on me all these years. But now I do want to kind of put y'all in a little bit of an uncomfortable position to maybe pick your favorite children. So I like to do this with artists, you know, Mm. or writers or different things like that. And so I'm going to make each one of you choose that if you had to leave one album, one LP in your entire discography, worship initiative, uh, you know, original stuff, whatever, and you could only leave one album each for all of humanity and we had to delete all the other ones, Men in Black, style, and no one remembers any of that. And the only way mm-hmm. that humanity will know that Shane and Shane existed is that album. Which album are each of you going to choose? Mine, uh, this is, yeah, this is the Shane B over here. Uh, mine's going to be the Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs live. Which just that, released. How about that? Which which just, just released. released. And, you know, that it's... It, that it's just it's just special to me. I, I don't know. I, I think it. I think I'd gladly delete everything else. Wow, that's actually surprising <laughs> to hear. Well, well, that, yeah. that's that's really awesome. And this actually works to your marketing benefit because it's like, hey, it's out now. Let's go get these it's first and second new. week streams it's a going. Brand new right. One. Right. Yep. So, what about you, know, you, Everett? I think it's probably similar because it's kind of you know Shane Bernard is you know we've kind of joked around like internally it's his favorite song is the last one he's ever written you know so it's I think it's always like that for us it's just like those that's that's kind of I think what the Lord's like doing seasonally and so I think there's when you just finish something you pour your heart and your soul into it you know it's kind of like man, this is kind of like what's happening now, you know? And there's right. all, I think, you know, hopefully we're growing as as musicians and songwriters and, you know, production-wise and all the things. Uh, but for me, I think probably Psalms 2 was probably the one for that I thought was unique in a, in a sense, some specific songs on it that were like really powerful for for me and my family, but there it's, you know, all, most of the songs that come out of our camp are pretty devotional for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think, I think they're all like, it, it, they, they're not, I, I don't think Shane specifically is ri- necessarily writing songs for, for people that, to even really like for them, it's mostly, you know, his own walk with the Lord. And so, they're all super, super personal um, and uh, and devotional in nature, and and the fact that that's helpful for other people is is a testament to to the Word of God and what the Word of God does, and because that's you know really where I, I would say you know most of the not if all, all the inspiration comes from the Spirit of God and His Word, you know. So you know it feels a little different than 
you know, writing a song about your puppy. You know, it's just different. So, <laughs> Well, the, the funny thing about that is some people would hear that and be like, well, that's pretty selfish. You're just making music for yourself. It's like, well, no. The same thing with my podcast whenever I prepare a solo episode or an interview. It's like I'm asking the questions that I know my audience will want to know because they're like me and I want to know the answers That's to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And That's so right. you guys are trying to fill a gap that I think, and we'll get way more into this in, in the latter half of the interview. I think y'all are filling a gap in the Christian music space to where it's like whenever I've spent time with uh, Phil Robertson, I've been down there a couple of times to, to hang out with him and his family and to be on their show and podcast. And I think you guys have been on there as well. That that man is marinated in the scripture. I don't know that that man has ever sat down, opened up the Bible and said, today I'm going to memorize Matthew 4 verses, you know, 1 through 7. I don't think that's ever happened. He just says, hey, look at here, man. And he'll flip over to this page and he'll be like, then he'll talk about this and he'll be like, hey, hey, look at this. And then he'll go over to another page. It's because he's marinated in the truths of scripture. He doesn't just think of them whenever it's convenient or whenever it pops into his head. But hey, mm. we'll get more into the philosophical here in just a second. So I've made you uncomfortable to each of you picking one album. Now we get one song. So you're deleting every single song that you've ever recorded in your entire lives, even on the individual one. Shane Everett, I've got your solo album. It's awesome. But all of those, from Rocks Cry Out to today, okay? (laughs) You get one. You get one song each, and that's the only way we will know that Shane and Shane existed. Give it to me. Oh, gosh. You go first. I I mean, I would say Psalm 23. That's what I would say. I feel like it's got okay. everything. I feel like it's got everything in it. Like that psalm has got, it's got all the goods, man. Like it's just like, it's like the full, the full meal deal. You know, I don't know if you were gonna leave one, one song, one scripture. It's so helpful. Okay, that's, Psalm twenty three from Everett. What about you, Bernard? That's good. Uh, it. I mean, it's hard for me to 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 say anything else but this song called You've Already Won. Uh, Told you, last song he's ever written. That's his favorite, and always. There I could go. gladly erase everything else. <laughs> so, so Bernard, is, is, it that, is it that you feel like all of your life and all of your collective talents and skill sets and experiences is coalescing in whatever the last creative thing that you've created is? Does it feel that way? No, 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 no. Okay. I, uh, not at all. I, I think it's just, uh, you know, I, I I have like this morbid side to me, that where, you know, where it, it's not necessarily morbid, just maybe sober side. Like I read Psalm 90 a lot. I, I, I visit graveyards, you know, on occasion just to get just to get a, a, a real look at the brevity of life. And I'm like, you know, none of us, none of your listeners, me, my, we, we're just not promised tomorrow. And if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna leave a song, I think that song needs to be the song right now. And if you ask me in two months, it's probably gonna be a different song. Okay, but we all well, may be, we all may be dead. Hey, we. <laughs> Well, that's not macabre at all. But hey, no. if you want to come on, <laughs> if you want to come on every two months, and then so you can just crazy. update us on oh, what yeah. the latest one is. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. That makes sense to my brain. I'm drawn. Like I know we've been kidding around a lot. I'm drawn to a lot of the darker stuff. Uh, I'm drawn to a lot of the laments, and not just in scripture, yeah. just in general. And I think that's part of what we do here at Undaunted Life. It's equipping men to push back darkness. You can't mm-hmm. push back darkness if you're walking around like this all the time and plugging right. your ears and not trying to look around and see it. And it's like right. dar- dark. 
darkness is scary. It's really, really mm-hmm. scary, but we have to understand that we've won. And so that that's the, we know the end of the story. So why are you scared now? Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of where I would go. Now, here's for my money. If I had to delete your entire discography, this is where I would agree with Shane Everett. It's Psalms 2 for me. So I've mm-hmm. gone on record as saying this, and I will... I will fight physically and emotionally anybody that differs with me on this. Psalms 2 is the greatest single Christian worship album front to back ever created. Full stop. (laughs) Now, now, part of the reason is, is because of my number one Chain and Chain song of all time that is above all all the others and even shoulders, head and shoulders above. And that's Psalm 46. Psalm 46, Lord of Hosts. And here's why. Because I remember uh, that is the greatest Christian worship song, original Christian worship song ever written, full stop. But uh, y'all came to some church in in Oklahoma, and I'd seen y'all several times in concert. But this was right, it was a Christmas album, or it was a Christmas show uh, that you were playing with Phil Wickham, and it was right after Psalms 2 came out. And I had heard Psalm 46, and I was like, that song's freaking awesome. That song makes me wish I was born 3,000 years ago with a spear in my hand. But then Mm -hmm. I heard y'all play it live. And it's the closest I feel like I've been to not listening to metal where I was like, where's the nearest brick wall? Cause I'm running through it and seeing what's on the other side of that thing. Like that's what that song did to me. So I I just kind of have to ask you guys, give me the background on that song or on that entire album. Because again, you start your career together with Psalms. um, And that kind of got a lot of people into your style. And then I feel like Psalms two was just the culmination of, of everything y'all had done and experienced and seen in the Christian music scene, if you will. And then Psalm 46, I think that is the closest thing to a modern day Psalm. That's not a metal song. And we'll, we'll talk more about that here in just a second. So give me the background on the album and Lord of hosts. You know, funny thing is, is uh, we, that was a really busy time when we were doing, when we, when we had that, that record on the books, we had uh, we had started the worship initiative. We'd committed to our Kickstarter tribe that if we if we hit a certain marker, we were going to do a Psalms two record, and and we hit it. And so, uh, because we were creating the worship initiative, it came to this: we were going to record uh, Psalms two. It was a month out, and we had zero songs. Oh boy. So That's for rough. that month, for that month, because we had to, like it came to a point we were late and it's like, we got to do it. We booked the band, everybody, everything is in the books. And so we got, we just got to do it. So it was a really cool process of like just seeing the Lord come through and flex. And I was, you know, I was listening all day long of just, I mean, I'm, you know, that song, that song in particular happened. um, There's multiple sections of that song that I had written years before, word for word, note for note. And then I heard, uh, you know, somebody else sent me another song, uh, a friend of mine. And, uh, and then I loved the the th- this section and then with combined with this section and I'm reading through you know Charles Spurgeon's commentary and a couple others and it's just like you know it's just it all just came together and so um I love I, I was telling Shane yesterday that like I, I don't know if I can write a, a song through the Psalms without reading 
the Treasury of David uh, Spurgeon's commentary on it because it is it is so enlightening. It is so helpful. Um, he's pointing to Jesus around every corner, you know, and it is it is great. So that was that 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 had a, a big part to do just unpacking like what's behind you know be still and know that I am God. That's great. We all have that on the coffee cup and the bumper sticker, but. You know, what's what's the backdrop of that? And so then trying to paint a picture musically of of uh, sort of like what the lyrics uh, are saying, what the backdrop is saying, and then trying to represent that musically, too. So, yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing about that is so I've got the Spurgeon Psalms commentary sitting about 10 feet away from me right now. And I mean, those are the words of a preacher. Like when you're talking to that guy, he's not just a theologian. And I don't mean to demean theologians in any way, shape or form. But this was a preacher like that. That was what he did. He was spreading Mm. the gospel of Christ verbally and explicitly. Right. And what's what's interesting about that is my favorite band of all time is a band you may not have heard of named Zayo. And the funny thing about them is their most rushed album is an album called Parade of Chaos, and it's their worst album. Like, and it was just they they were like writing it on the dashboard of the the you know the the car as they're riding to the studio and those types of things. And it's just like it's just not my favorite thing that they've ever done. It's easily skippable for me. So it's very interesting that y'all were kind of backs to the wall. Hey, we've got to put something out there that's not terrible. And so and then you came up with that. So maybe just do that from now on. And maybe just every time you record an album, which is apparently every 14 days, just yeah. do it in 28 days and then do it and then write it in 27 days and you just kind to keep working your way down but um, kind of the main reason that I wanted to talk to you guys because everyone's going to make fun of me for later because I'm totally geeking out I'm really enjoying this but um, (laughs) part of the main reason I wanted to talk to you guys is I wanted to get kind of an inside baseball look at something that is very very concerning to my audience okay so I've I've talked about this uh, off air to you guys and told you about kind of who my audience is typically rougher guys well uh, we're we're close. We're closing in on 500 episodes of this podcast. But to this day, episode 176 of my podcast is still one of the most listened to and most shared episodes. The name of that episode is "Contemporary Worship Music Is for Women and Effeminate Men." And on episode like two or three, I mentioned how much I hated contemporary Christian music. It just sucks. I don't want to listen to it. It's awful. And then I would also say, "But Shane Shane's cool." And then I would move on with my life. And then the the reason why is because guys, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up reading the Bible. I, I don't know any Bible stories. I started going on my own in middle school because that's where all the hot girls went on Wednesday night mm-hmm. was to First Baptist mm-hmm. West in Lawton, Oklahoma, which was really close to my house, which was mega convenient. And then, you know, the Lord had other plans for me in 10th grade. Hellfire and Brimstone guest preacher came in on a Sunday night and snatched me out. And, uh, you know, Calvinist would say that he picked me. I would say that I turned to him, but we don't have to talk about that right now. And here okay. I am. I'm saved. And now I got to do all the Christian stuff. Okay. So I went to the Christian bookstore. I bought a book, uh, you know, Bible that looked like it was meant for a teenager. And I started devouring the word, started in Matthew and then, you know, rounded back towards the Old Testament. But then I started listening to Christian music and I was like, maybe I'm broken because I don't like it. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to make those sounds come out of my mouth. Like this musically mm-hmm. doesn't appeal to me. And around this same time, guys, a friend of mine introduced me to Zayo, who I've already mentioned in their album Blood and Fire, and a, another brand named Living Sacrifice that had a, a metal album released at that time called Reborn. Christian metal bands. And as soon as I hit play on these albums, made sense. And I'm worshiping the Lord to this 
as opposed to, you know, the hand raising, eyes closed, you know, big kind of thing. And it was like, man, maybe something is is broken in me. And then I get into my 20s and I feel like, man, there's some rough dudes that walk into church and see some of the guys walking around and listening to the music and the lyrics are kind of almost homoerotic in nature. If you took out Jesus' name and put in Frank, it's like, okay, we're, we're singing songs to our boyfriend named Frank and like, this is kind of weird, but they don't have the emotional wherewithal to like know why they're even thinking that. And they become very uncomfortable with the whole worship side and then they just delete it. They say, I'm not going to do that. I know that's a really long setup to a question, but I guess I want you guys to speak to my audience because I've tried to introduce them to you and I talk about Psalms 2 quite a bit and Lord of Hosts and those types of things to be like, if you're rougher and you like that kind of really edgy music, here's some stuff that's like that. But what would you say to guys that are like, man, I'm, you know, because I, I had a worship leader in my area tell me I may not be saved because I don't like contemporary Christian music. And he meant it. And I was like, there are guys that feel like maybe I'm not saved because I don't like listening to, to K1 or, or, or Air One or K-Love or whatever it's called. So just help me from, from just going off on another diatribe. Talk to my audience a little bit. <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I can totally see that. Um, uh, you know, it, we're, we might be bad people to ask the question because Shane Everett's about to respond with, all I listen to is podcasts like yours and talk... <laughs> And talk radio. <laughs> and the last time he listened to a song, it was could have been like three years ago. And uh, and then I'm going to be a bad person to a- answer that because, <laughs> funny enough, what I'm what I over the last ten years have been listening to, if I listen to music, is the <laughs> especially for your audience, <clears throat> the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack. I'm, <clears throat> I'm sorry. So. I think I'm the wrong guy to answer your question. That's hilarious. So, uh, so there you go. But I know Jesus is real, and I know that you could know him, and I know that he can satisfy your heart in a way that music can't. That's right. Um, and, and in a way that uh, alcohol can't, and in a way that all the money in the world can't. Um, and he's the only one who can do that. And, right. um, and so, you know, sometimes music, music is really helpful when you, when you wrap music around the truth of God, it's, it's helpful. And, you know, we're all going to have like, we're all just going to have our own preference, you know, and, um, we talk to worship bands all the time and I'm like, you know, and worked with worship bands over the years, uh, and kind of got to rebuke them, um, and admonish them of like, man, have you have you seen who's coming to your church? Mm. Why in the world? What is going on? You know, and uh, and just like man, your job is to serve your body, and if 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 you know that the top eighty percent of your church is sixty five, and and you know what are you doing playing oceans? You know, over and over. I mean, like, what's going on here? Is this about you? Is it what, what's you know? Where our 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 job is to just simply serve the body and. Um, lead songs that help us see and love and 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 enjoy King Jesus. And so, anyway, we, we could get on a tangent there, uh, and I don't know if that's where you want to go, but just the the everybody's going to have a different style. And and you know, the the cool thing about what we get to do is like I like to think about how can I create something that brings in um, a rough guy who uh, hasn't, you know. Um, been into church much, but has this something in him that's drawing him to the Lord, and and then his fourteen year old, 
and and then a, a, a widow. I mean, how do you put all these people in the same room and or the same car and enjoy Jesus together? And I like the thought of that. And, you know, you might listen to Psalm 46 on that record and, you know, be pumping iron. And then you get to, you know, Psalm 23 and you're like, oh, no, man, this guy probably listens to Pride and Prejudice too much, you know? <laughs> So it's, you know, it's, it's just going to, it's just going to ebb and flow. Um, and I love that about the Psalms cause they do that. They just, mm-hmm. they just ebb and flow. I mean, 30% of them are at least 30% of them are laments mm-hmm. right. and they're sad. And it's like, you know, you, you imagine the flute and the lyre and the harp in a, in a, in a minor tune, you know, there's not going to be any weights going, you know, weight room music. It's just not happening. Um, and, but other, other, you know, it's like, man, this is a friggin' war cry and w- give me the brick wall, you know, and let's go. Mm-hmm. And so it's always, um, it's always a treat to try to, to try to wrap music around these kinds of thoughts, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like, just to add to that, I think, you know, Shane and I have had the opportunity to, to do some really cool things, uh, with an organization called Men of Nehemiah, which is, I mean, just basically room full of convicts, you know, and then and also uh, an organization called Teen Challenge. And I think there's something to um, guys that have been um, deemed in our society as like um, outcasts would be too, it'd be too gentle of a word, but like throwaways, you know, mm-hmm. just like there's no hope for somebody like you, you know, if you're, you know, you got face tats and neck tats. It's just like, but man, dude, there's something, there's something about we, when you sing scripture with a group of people who've basically been thrown away to hear, if they can hear by the Holy Spirit of God, that, that, that Jesus loves them and he has a purpose for their life, man, it's some of the sweetest times of worship we've ever been a part of. I mean, we were, we were with some guys just a few days ago, a few weeks ago, where um, the whole room looked like, you know, a prison yard. And we start singing the Word of God, and the Spirit of God was like, in an authentic way, communicating that truth. And man, we just we just kept going. And we were singing songs that were some of the most feminine songs probably you've ever heard, you know? And like, it was like, powerful. And it's, it's something about um, it, you know, what was that? There was that quote. It's just like, it's hard to dance. It's hard to dance at your arraignment when you've been, it, it's hard to dance at your arraignment when you've been on death row. It's just like people who understand what it means to be forgiven much, rejoice yep. much. And, uh, that, that's something that we've gotten to see. And a lot of, a lot of times it's not about just like Shane saying, it's not about style. It's about the truth. And when the truth lands on the fertile heart of a soil, the fertile soil of a heart, man, there's there is great celebration. I think in heaven and on earth, it's it's crazy. I think the best way to explain it too, um, the easiest way to explain that, whether that's in a car, driving down the road, or a kitchen, or a cubicle, or a congregation, whatever, whatever, wherever you're receiving that moment, you know, or you're listening to that song. Colossians three sixteen says, "May the word of Christ dwell richly in you." As you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratefulness, God in your heart, and uh, I think that's kind of maybe that w- what Shane's talking about is the word of 
the word of Christ begins to dwell richly in you. You're like, man, I know Jesus loved me, blah, blah, blah. And then you have this moment where you're like, oh, oh Jesus loves me, you know, and it's different. It's, it's a different moment. And, yeah. and, and that, that's the thing that we've, you know, we've seen over the years, uh, like Shane said, the roughest the, I mean, hundreds of people who are just the roughest folks out there mm-hmm. melt, you know, to, you know, as the deer panted for, they're just on the floor. They can't handle it because they're, they're going, my soul just wants him. And I, how could he love someone like me? Makes That's no true. sense. And I get the benefit of the best deal in the universe. It makes no sense, and they're just, and so uh, it's been. It's that's that's a very interesting, um, an interesting thing that you just said that I've never had never really thought about that much about the roughest crowds that we've been in have been the softest crowds for sure. That's it's true. <clears throat> well, I'm just going to go ahead and ignore the fact that you gave two shout outs to the Pride and Prejudice uh, soundtrack on my podcast. <laughs> Can you delete we're that? We're just going to zip, we're just gonna zip right that? on by. I won't delete it. You know I need what you it should on the record. Do? You, you should. You should like blur his mouth and put the. Burr, <laughs> burr, you know? I'm gonna blur it. I'm gonna blur it in a way where it sounds like you said something dirty. That's how I'm gonna yeah. do it. I'm gonna be like, make it sound like you said a cuss word. But 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 in in all honesty, so uh, just recently I had the the absolute privilege of talking to men in prison in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, and a lot of the guys that I talked to, murderers rapists, pedophiles, kidnappers, a lot of guys that will never see the outside of that cell. And I have a mm-hmm. different approach to things. Like, you know, everyone loves to talk about Lamb of God because he's easy to understand. I talk about Lion of Judah because that mm-hmm. tends to, the guys are a little bit rougher. They need to understand the lion so that the lamb makes sense as well. And I just got this text last night. It's probably providential, but from the the chaplain of, of that, uh, that penitentiary, he said, just left the penitentiary. Frank, the leader of the congregation inside, asked me to express his gratitude for your message of tough and and tender Jesus. He's been Mm. able to minister to men who are otherwise resistant to the good news because they can't identify with a wimpy Christ. You still, Mm -hmm. you're still making an impact on these men even after a month because I I was there about a month ago. And this Mm. shouldn't get into, guys, find whatever music helps you bring you closer to the Father as you listen to it. And so if it's not Shane and Shane. If it's not, I can't. I can't name any other bands because I don't. I literally don't pay attention to that that thing. But like for me, it's it's O Sleeper and Living Sacrifice and Convictions and Impending Doom and Holy Name and For Today and these bands to where it's like they start the song out with "Let my name be feared at the gates of hell as I exalt the Savior," and it's like and like everyone just kind of freaks out and like you find God in that moment and we're not on the floor in a puddle and we're not in tears and we're not holding hands, but. Find whatever that means for you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Where where I will say a lot of guys get maybe skeptical is... The, um, they, they understand cognitively that there's a little bit of emotional manipulation happening when they're lers- listening to certain worship sets. Because again, I don't know anything about music, but where it's like, you know, chorus, 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 bridge, bridge again, chorus, and then we're going to do the bridge, and then we're going to do the chorus, and then we're going to do the chorus, but with a key change, and then we're going to do the bridge, and then it's chorus, 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 chorus. And it's like, you know, 47 minutes later, we're still singing Oceans, and it's like, okay, I guess now I'll raise my hands, because maybe he'll stop this song and go to the next <laughs> one. And so it's like, uh, but, but 
but again, I know you guys sing those songs, and when I've been at your shows, it's like I get kind of wrapped up. But it's it's the emotionalism that I think drives people nuts, especially if you're more conservative. Maybe you're more uh, basic. You just want to sing hymns, and then you hear these songs that have these. You know, they're 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 trying to get you to elicit some emotion and to make some uncomfortable. Talk to me a little bit about that because that's where I think a lot of guys in my audience, again, to be fair, maybe they're not as in tune with their emotions as they certainly should be, but they feel like, you know what, they're trying to emotionally manipulate me right now. I think I'm just going to stick my hands in my pocket and stare at them. Yeah, I, I, I think making putting Jesus at the center, it's its like you said a minute ago, uh, you know, we still have a moment every concert we play where I unpack Psalm 46 to your line and lamb point. Um, and I just tell the story of, of King Hezekiah and the nation of Judah and the Assyria was coming to get them and they go, go to God in prayer. This is the most terrifying army that mankind has ever known about hundreds of thousands of horrible men, strong men. And, and, uh, an angel shows up, uh, the angel of the Lord shows up, wipes out 185,000 of them, probably on the spot. Yeah. The Incarnate Christ, right? Which is easy to miss. The easy to miss Mm -hmm. if you're reading through Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, And he took them out, and and they go out there and they sing the song of trouble for the first time. Hey, come behold the wonderful works of God. He makes desolations of nations. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. Come, he breaks the bow, bends the spear, burns the chariots with fire. Hey, be still and know that I'm God. And then he shows up in a manger. That's the next time he shows up. Yep, as a and, baby. And that's that's how we actually do the exact same thing that you said you do. Uh, every time we play, we go, "Hey, this is this is this is where he showed up, and he's coming back again like that." But right. the very next time he shows up, he shows up with flesh on as a baby to 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 actually sacrifice himself for your crap. That's that's why he came to win the war on sin and death. And he did. He beat it on the cross. Rose out of the grave. And so uh I love I, I love I love the thought about that. I mean that's how we lead out um of the gate when we come out when we come out in the show, we come out that way versus mm-hmm. the opposite way of like, you know, let's let's, let's you know, let's sing about the Lamb of God because I think you're right. I think I think um, there's just there's there's something about Jesus that we just need to know that he, he he's the he's the most incredible, most powerful, most uh, virtuous, righteous butt kicker that's ever lived and that will ever live. Um, and and once we see him like that, we're like that same guy showed up in a manger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your question? I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question. That's usually it's Shane. No, and- that was actually very helpful because I was basically asking about emotional manipulation in worship, mm-hmm. and and you you basically you talked about it there because a lot of bands if they're if they get their four songs set before the the preacher comes out and does their TED talk where they sprinkle a couple of Bible verses on top so they can keep their tax mm-hmm. exempt status, they will do the up the upbeat song where there's 47 people on stage and only five of their mics are turned on and oh, it's jumpy, jumpy, jumpy. And then usually the second or third song is the, all right, we're going to 
to slow it down and we're going to bring the mood down and we're going to bring the fog up. And then it's just like, okay, I, I get what you're trying to do. It's like, you don't have to do anything extra for the spirit of the Lord to show up. Do you mm. realize that? Like you don't have to go above and beyond. Do it to as unto the Lord, play your bass, play your keys as unto the Lord and just mm-hmm. let the spirit move is, is kind of where I sit there. But I guess something that, that kind of plays into all this is, Talking about Jesus rightly in the songs, talking about God mm-hmm. rightly, because when you sing a song that seems like it can be named from an album called Boyfriend Jesus, it's like Jesus is not your homeboy, okay? He's not this cute little guy, this somehow uh, white, b- blue-eyed, blonde-haired, you know, Danish-looking dude that you can just roll up into your pocket and stick into your shirt pocket and pull him out whenever you need a kiss on the tip of your nose. It's like, this is the Lion of Judah. You can't fully yeah. understand the Lamb without understanding the Lion. You can't fully understand, uh, Bernard, to your point earlier, these depraved men that have done these depraved things, they understand grace more than anybody because it mm, wasn't yeah. like they cussed when they were a kid and that was it. It's mm-hmm. like they've shed the innocent blood of image bearers of God. They understand it more. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where we get into this this whole discussion about Christian music, guys, is because I think it's shocking for a lot of people watching a lot of these Christian worship leaders deconstruct all of a sudden. Or maybe they were, you know, the guitarist in Hillsong and they fake having cancer. And then it's like all these people are like, how could they possibly do that? And I think people don't realize that all the music that's happening on on all, you know, any type of music, but in the Christian music sphere, people just assume that everybody in that band is a Christian. Uh, you know, the big worship band that comes up and, and does, you know, a set for their church, they assume everyone on stage is a Christian and put their faith in Jesus Christ. It's like some of those people are session musicians. They're just getting paid to play music. And the lead guy probably is a Christian. But I think that that kind of leads again to this skepticism of Christian music to where it's like, do these people even believe this stuff that they're singing about? Or are they just getting a paycheck? Mm. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, there is all kinds of that. Um uh, on on one hand, when you're talking about a certain a certain kind of church, which that's actually the kind of church that we go around and play concerts in, um, right. I think it's that kind of size of venue and and, and church. Um, I think I think we're learning that most of the church consists of uh, what we referred to earlier. Like, man, I'm I'm a I'm a fireman, and I kind of played the bass in a garage band when I was in high school, and. I, I'm going to go and serve on the worship band because they just need, you know, there's 173 people showing up on Sunday morning. I think that's probably the most of the church. Um, and, uh, and so, like, we have, we have bands come up to us when we play concerts, and they came up and they're like, we didn't have music when we gathered. And then we, because of the worship initiative, we have music. Here, there's the guitar player. Here's the bass player. Here's the keys player, and we we have experienced God in a way that we have it blew our mind, um, and so I think there is a kind of church you're talking about, sort of like your your mega church or medium church that, yeah, they they go to conferences and they're trying to replicate. You know, they're the ones going to big conference and they're trying to replicate or the Grammys or whatever. They're just trying to replicate whatever they see, and um, and and do they're replicating the songs that are popular and that you know that that people are listening to out there they want to do them like that and um and i think there's there's conversations there that okay what can we what can we learn from from that that is that is unhelpful and distracting and what can we learn is there something to be learned that we can grow in jesus are they doing are they doing things well and i think we could there could be a podcast about each of those 
Yeah. Sure. And I think there all there's always going to be, and I think there probably historically there's always been that, and we're living in an iteration of that. You know, it could have been my grandfather's church who they sang hymns, you know, with a lot of vibrata and and you know, like were at home and they were you know beating their wives. You don't know, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I think we're we're all we're all living, you know, in in a world that's wearing out by like a garment and we're all people who have the ability to be the worst or the best versions um, at any given time without depending upon um, the the power that the Spirit of God, the indwelling power of God that dwells in the hearts of believers without without depending upon that, without understanding, like we can do nothing without the strength that comes from 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 that power. Um, I think we're all susceptible to one believing that that what we have to say is is more important than the Word of God. I think we're all susceptible to um, the applause of men. I think we we warn everybody who, speaks on a microphone or on a stage that's three or four feet higher than somebody else in a in a crowd. I mean, that's a big responsibility. And it's just like you see that with leaders and you see leaders fall. Uh, you see you see things that are are contrary to what people say. And it's just like, man, we'll all raise our hands and be like, dude, I'm a hypocrite just like everybody else. But by the spirit of God's you know, staying work in my life, lest I be one of those guys, you know, it's just like, man, I want to make it. I want to make it to the end and I want to depend upon him to get me there, you know, and it's just like we I, I pray that as a church and as as bodies of believers, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, a construction worker or a worship pastor, it's just like, man, we need to depend on each other. We need to build each other up. We need to hold each other like to the standard that the Lord has, has held us to for the for the joys for our joy's sake and for the health of the body, you know? And so like, it's like, man, you know, we want to be careful to judge unless we be judged. You know what I mean? But in that, I think we, we can use the, you know, the smell test. I mean, Piper talks about that. It's just like something smells wrong. I don't know if it's wrong, you know? And it's easy for us to get like, even in our world, it can be easy for us to get not just judgy, but it's just like, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I smelt that on that guy, or I smelt that on that team, you know. But it's just like I pray that as believers, um, as leaders, that would break our heart more than offend us, you know. And so I think we we um, have to be careful as as people who are our leaders, you know. Whether that's you're a leader at a church of fifty people, or you're at a leader at Hillsong Church, it's just like man. Man, you gotta walk. You gotta walk with. It is kind of like fear and trembling. You know, it's just like man, because man, I, I, you gotta, you gotta, don't hold that word wrong. You know, I mean, there's some, there's some to that. You know, I mean, where's, where's your, where's that scripture? Where it's just like, man, as leaders, man, we're called, we're called to a higher account. You know, and it's just like, man, God cares about His kids a lot more than you do. You know, and it's just like, man, so if I'm, if I'm teaching a kid or telling a kid or one of God's kids, something, man, I, we, we pray that it's true. 
We don't want to be. We don't want to distract them. We don't want to cause them to stumble, you know, because he takes that pretty seriously, you know. Yep. And there's grace, but man, that's that's why we want to like appropriately carry the word of God. I I have uh, I think my observation of the, kind of what you're talking about in in rooms with with subwoofers and smoke machines and and um, repetitive songs and I mean our, we we go to Watermark Community Church we probably have one of the best venues in the country so we have all of those things to 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 be able to use, I think they're kind of morally neutral, all things God created, as long as we can use them to like make him look good and not like somebody's belt buckle, um, like on a screen. Uh, um, but I think, I think my, the word that I, over the years that I'm, I get more passionate about, about when you talk about manipulation or, um, What's what's what we're trying to accomplish in a room, um, and and the word is all surrounding the word presence, um, and that that I'm about to walk into a room here in a minute when we're done, and we have we have a record label, we have artists on the record label, and and I'm we're they're all writing records, and this is what I'm going to talk about is is God's presence, and I I feel like I feel like there has been a little bit of like cutting the knees out of the reality of the indwelling Holy Spirit who never leaves us, who will never leaves us, who actually goes into our cul-de-sacs with us. Yeah. And, and because I have four daughters and, and, a, and, a, and a wife who, who actually know God, that we have this, there's, there's, I mean, we have a, so we set up a camp there and we have neighbors. None of our neighbors know the Lord at this point. So, or actually one of them just as of a couple of weeks ago does. Um, and, but we have these rooms kind of calling down the presence, uh, you come here to experience God's presence. Um, and I'm, I'm completely down with the, the omnipresence of God for sure. Um, but not at the expense of the sacredness of the indwelling Holy Spirit, that when people walk into a room, hey, 100% chance he's here, 100% chance, I can tell you what's here, and, uh, and, and our songs are doing that, and it's kind of like this old, it's very, very Old Testament-y. You, get, you come here, you get filled, you go back out, and then you come back here, and, and th- there's something there that actually was harmful for me because it created a double life. Mm-hmm. For me, as an early believer, because um, this is where I come to do spiritual things, and then I go away. It's kind of like what Shane said about the guys who, sit, you know, lead the old hymns and go beat their wives. It's like, it, hey, this, it's okay. This is what you do there. This is what I do here. This is what I do there. This is what I do here. That's just not, that's just not Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my a little bit more of my concern. Um, I think there's there's times I read through the you know the last the later psalms, you know the one forty one forty through one fifty psalms, and there's a ton of repetitiveness there, um, and I, I I think there could be a place for that. I don't I don't know if, um, you know obviously there's 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 beings that have always been saying, holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. There's something. There's something about 
um, man, there's there's one thing to say, and I can't not say it a million times. And there there might there might be room for that, but not in the not in the context of manipulation, um, and not in the context of like. Um, I'm trying to elicit a physical response from you. I need I need the room to lift the hands before, and if, and if that's the measure of success for me, mm-hmm. like that's all trash. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is all real. He's real. His spirit's real. It, 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 like he's coming, and uh, and songs are helpful, um, and they're biblical. And this what we've always sang. That's what we do. We sing to him. We, we lift our voice to him because his love is better than life. My lips will praise you. And in the congregation, I will lift my hands to you because my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods, like the best meal ever. Um, it's what we do. That's Psalm 63. And, and, uh, and so I, but I do, I do really get bothered when I'm in mm-hmm. rooms like you're talking about. Um, and I, I feel similar things that you're saying. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, that we have a platform to walk with these folks. That's, I mean, it's a big reason why we created the worship initiative. We did a songwriting class for, for college students who are going, who are in ministry school, worship leading ministry school. And, um, some of them got saved. We're just going, we're singing through the Bible. I mean, they don't know you're right. I mean, even the leaders like, Yeah. yeah, man, they're just doing what, they're just doing, yeah, they think it's cool. Why yeah. wouldn't you want well, to get they up were and... Going, <clears throat> right, they were going through the emotions, and they're talented. They probably look good in their, in their skinny jeans and all that, and then they realize along the way, well, that, that's, I'm, I'm kind of being, uh, you know, under, like undercutting these people. There are people that will play the organ at the church for decades, and then all of a sudden realize, you know, oh, oh my gosh, like I've never responded to the gospel. Maybe I've never heard it. And so mm-hmm. that's why I encourage totally. people. It's like, don't just assume everyone around you has been evangelized, and yeah. don't assume that everyone around you that <clears throat> has done a really good job of, you know, not cussing in public and not dancing and not beating their wives, that somehow that they've heard uh, the gospel and that they put their faith in it. And it's kind of like, as worship leaders, you should be the springboard to where people are going to be discipled and held accountable to where if you are in the crowd, holding your hands up to praise the Lord and then turning around and using those hands to hurt image bearers of Christ— May you be held accountable for that, but also may you be discipled so that never even enters your mind ever mm-hmm. again. And I think that's that's very, very important. Uh, we're a little bit over time, so we'll make this last question of the day, guys. I appreciate all the time you spent with us today. But you guys have been doing this since the early 2000s. Okay, so here we are in 2023. You're still putting out records. You're still doing stuff. You're expanding with the worship initiative, and there, there's the whole business side behind that. <clears throat> but how much longer... Can you guys reasonably do this? And I guess this is recording new music, going around and singing it to people, you know, singing as high as you sing, you know, like, especially Everett, like I just, it hurts. Like I got ear damage over here and it's like, God, it's so high. I can't get up there and, you know, playing the guitar as fast as you can go. Like how much longer can you do this? Are y'all going to be doing this in your seventies and eighties? (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. We can't believe we're do- we're still doing it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, it's not. It, it's it, for us. It's it's never it's never been uh, a, a passion. It's not something we like. You know, naturally. Oh, I have some free time. Let me go sing high and strum fast. I mean, it's just not. You know. It's like I set up. A, I got four daughters. I set up a basketball goal, and and I can't get anybody to play basketball with me, and I'm bummed. You know, <laughs> but they they want us. They want us to play the piano and sing and play the violin. I mean, you know, and we're all listening to Pride and Prejudice together, and here we go. You know, 
Um, and so I, I, as long as God uh, is, is uh, giving us a, a doorway to make him famous and make his name look great. And I mean, we want to see Jesus come back. That's right. Like we, Jesus is going to come back when every tribe and tongue not just hears about him, but worships him. I mean, Piper, uh, John Piper says, you know, missions exist because worship doesn't. And there's coming a day when every, it's not just hearing about him. There's going to be worshipers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's, all, that's not just music. Obviously, worship is just everything we do as unto the Lord. But, man, we, if God can use us, especially the way technology is moving to, to make Jesus look as he looks um, and people would see him as he is and receive the free gift of God's love through Jesus Christ, his son, and the sacrifice he made for them on the cross, then, man, by all means, if I'm 89 years old and singing my face off and strumming, maybe it'll, maybe I'll move over to the banjo or the, or the mandolin (laughs) for your sake at that moment. Mm But like, man, praise God. If, if that's, if that's what he has, then, then we'll, we'll show up. Yep. I agree. Well, just, just to edify you guys uh, a little bit, again, I, I don't guess I believe in coincidences anymore, but the guy who literally introduced me to y'all's music when I was in college. I won't name him here, and it'll make sense here in a second. Why not? The guy who introduced me to your music, the guy who introduced me to typical CCM, contemporary Christian music, um, this morning he's doing one of the most difficult things that he's ever had to do as a man and as a father because a predator took advantage of one of his children, Mm. and he and his wife are going to be deposed in a court of law um, You know, to be a part of of that uh, proceeding. Okay. Mm. Um, and I literally got this text as y'all were going through, uh, you know, one of your answers about 10 minutes ago from this guy. He says, uh, let me see what he says. Uh, listen to Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, volume one to prepare for this. And by this, Mm. he means what he's going to be going through this morning. And so Mm. you guys have heard a million stories like that, but I know it doesn't mean you don't want to hear a million and one. What you guys do is important for the kingdom. And that's, that's big, capital K kingdom, but it's those individual people that are just trying to follow the Lord on a day-to-day basis. Your songs help them. I sent y'all a message on, on Twitter, like 10 or 15 years ago, uh, or maybe not quite that long ago, but it was like, when I listen to Psalms two, it makes me want to get into the word more. And I think Mm -hmm. y'all are going back to, to what we talked about at the beginning about how you're wanting to make music that is biblically based, lyrically rich and sonically engaging. You're doing that and you're pointing people towards the father, which is what I try to do when I speak live, which is what I try to do when I uh, speak here on this podcast is if you're looking at me, hopefully I'm reflecting you back and for reflecting your attention onto the father. So I really, really appreciate everything that you guys have done, but I did want to end with that uh, edification. And Joby Martin texted me out of the blue and he said, Hey, you know, Shane, cause he knew I was talking to you guys this morning. He's like, Hey, mm-hmm. those, those guys are the real deal. So if you yeah. wanted him to talk <laughs> trash behind your back, I'm sorry, you're just not going to get that. But that Love is all him. for me. Is there anything else you guys want to get off your chest? Oh, oh man. man. No. We love what you do, Kyle. We love we love we love that you have a lion right there backing you up back behind your on your wall. And I love I love that there are uh a lot of uh it's you have such a unique role in the body of Christ that mm-hmm. you are ministering to 
uh, people with really. My dad was kind of like a John Wayne kind of feller, and and he, mm-hmm. he got married in his mid thirties, and he was a literally a gold mine and army cowboy kind of. So I grew up with with a rough, a rough dad, with a with a very hard heart, and I had a very hard heart, and and you. Are ministering to my family because it's, it's my dad, my brother, and my and I, and I, and um, the the thought that there is a bunch of Dave Bernards listening to this right now and on a weekly basis, it just makes my, it just makes my day. So I just love what you do, and I know it takes a lot of work. And um, mm. thank you, and thanks mm. for having us on. Absolutely, awesome. Shane, and Shane, Shane, and Shane yeah. thank you for coming on on Dawn to Life of Man's podcast. Come on. And hey, one more thing. Hit we're it. headed to, we're headed to Israel next week. Ooh, Psalms bam. 3 in Israel 2024. FYI. Spoiler alert. What you You're know not about playing that? with me, are you? I'm I didn't know anything you. about that. You're springing it on me at nobody the very does. end of my interview here. Nobody does. Nobody knows about it's that. It's so far away. Nobody but I'm knows still about recording, that. so a lot of people are about to know about it. Like what are, what are you talking about? Like did y'all just let the cat out of the bag on my show? You, I think he I did. I think I did. Yeah, that just happened. That just happened. Psalms I three. To, I may need to drop this a little earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Psalms three. Say it again. I want to hear it again. Psalms three. When's it happening? Twenty twenty four. At some point. We we don't know the exact date, but it's happening. Psalms three. We're good chance we're going to record it, and we're going to take folks over to the Holy Land and record it there where they were sung, uh, for the first time. Well, uh, I accept your invitation that you yeah. obviously you just go. uh, gave to go. me to go, go over there with you guys. Thank you guys very, very much. But, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. See you, Kyle. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed my time with Shane and Shane. But before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. At Undaunted Life, our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So the two links I've got for you today, I've got a link to their website, which will you know get you to their socials and all their other different music things. And I've also got a link to the worship initiative, which we talked about towards the beginning of the interview. And guys, anywhere you get your music, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, if you actually still buy vinyl or actual physical CDs, go out there and buy some Shane and Shane. Support those guys. Again, you know, buy their latest stuff, buy their old stuff. Do what you can to support them. Show out, guys. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is our song Cutting the Tides, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album leveler the links are in the description i'm your host kyle thompson remember keep pushing back darkness keep forging spiritual mental and physical resilience keep seeking the lion of judah <laughs>